Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. can't see the thing <laughs> okay what's up y'all welcome to hand me my purse the podcast i am mimi walker and i will be your forever host each and every single time you tune into this podcast so go ahead and get comfortable get yourself a glass of your favorite beverage whether that's alkaline water red kool-aid a hot cup of tea with honey a glass of cabernet sauvignon or hennessy and light yourself a candle, some incense, or burn some sage, and just get ready to chill out and have a good time. What's up, friends and kin? It is none other than your resident Auntie Supreme here. Hand me my purse. Mimi Walker and I'm sipping on something special today. I came across a local black owned wine company. So, of course, in true hand me my purse fashion, I wanted to make sure I shared it with you guys. And we all know here at Hand Me My Purse, I support black businesses and I absolutely support local black businesses. The brand, uh, the wine brand is called Kid Relief and the name alone is absolutely hilarious. I don't have any kids, but I'm the oldest in my generation. I'm the big sister. I'm the big cousin. And not only that, but I work with close to 900 kids. And quite frankly, sis oftentimes need relief from them. Not exactly now because, you know, we're in the middle of a panoramic. So I actually miss the kids and I'm glad that they're slowly coming back to school. Uh, But I'm sure they'll be getting on my nerves within the next two weeks. Anyway. I digress, uh, as usual. So this wine is created by two dads. Yes, black dads. And they wanted to create a wine for parents to enjoy. 
and especially parents that need to wind down after a long day of all out parenting. It's sourced from grapes that are grown from local vineyards in the state of Maryland. And again, it is black owned and local. And that is a double win. They currently have three wines available. All three wines are varieties of red wines. And they just released the third and final installment of the red wines. The one that I'm sipping on today is called Kid Relief, which is named after the actual brand. It's a really unique red blend that is going to go perfectly in a sangria or even a wine spritzer. And now the days are longer and the weather is starting to get warmer. It's starting to play peekaboo with us. So if you're interested in supporting a black dad created and owned wine business, email the folks at Kid Relief. Their email, which of course I will link in the show notes, is m as in Mimi dot seller sellers, excuse me, krx at gmail.com. Again, that is m dot c e l l a r s k R X as an Xavier at gmail.com. If you are local and by local, I mean, Baltimore city, Baltimore County, they will deliver your wine to you outside of that area. You're going to have to have your wine shipped to you because they not going to deliver it to you if you live in Hoboken. Okay. So big shout out to uh kid relief. I'm going to put their IG information in and their email address in the show notes. So make sure you go check all of that information out and let's go ahead and get into this jam. So friends and kin for today's jam, I chose um, a song. I actually am hoping that most of you have watched it, but if not, I'm going to talk to you later. Um, Actually, I'm not even going to talk to you later. I'm going to tell you now your homework is yes homework to watch the Tina docket Tina Turner documentary if I'm not mistaken it's on HBO Max that is your homework to watch it because I am going to do a show about this documentary um and within the next month the two months and I'm going to give myself some time uh, because I need the time because as you will hear later on in the show, the show had like, um, the documentary had like a serious impact on me. And so I need just some time to like, uh, sort through that. And so it's good because there will be no spoiler alerts and any of that because you can just watch it. So that when we talk about it or when I talk about it, like you will be prepared to receive the information that I'm going to share. And when I tell you that this documentary definitely um, it did something to my spirit, I'm telling you, not because um, of the normal story that we know about Tina Turner, which involves he who will not be named. Um, But I tell you what, if I could bring him back to life. And kill him all over again. I would. And I know that is a heavy thing to say, but I'm going to say his name this one time. Ike Turner wasn't shit and that's it. But, you know, some people say if it wasn't for Ike Turner, there'd be no Tina Turner. I don't know how I feel about that, but whatever. That's neither here nor there. Anyway, I chose this song. Oftentimes I'm finding a theme here that I choose songs that uh, make me think about my mother or that I can relate to my mother or that remind me of uh, growing up with my mother and singing. 
And this song is a Tina Turner song that came out in the 80s. It's Private Dancer. And I just realized that as, as an adult, because I didn't really pay attention to, well, as a child, I didn't know anything about strippers at five and six. But I just started, I mean, I knew it was a song about exotic dancers, but I started listening to the actual lyrics of the song. And it is like legit about strippers. And it's kind of like stripping 101. Listen, Tina Turner was ahead of her time, even before she was ahead of her time. She is a magical, mystical, mythical, ethereal goddess. Uh, she's she's a god. And I, I, I'm telling you this, watch the documentary, but it changed my perspective of her. She is something else. She is, she's, she's ethereal than a mug. She's so gorgeous, so regal, so strong, so resilient. And like, ugh, I don't even, cause I'll mess around and start crying. Anyway, I want you to, uh, check this. Let me say something. Sometimes it brings me joy looking for these cover songs. And I say this all the time because they are sometimes so freaking horrible and it makes me laugh and chuckle. But then when I find the right one, it makes me feel good. I found the right one. And ironically enough, the cover of this that I am going with, it is a woman who is just singing karaoke at a karaoke bar. And she did a really good job. Some people really butchered as usual, this song. And it's easy to butcher this song because Tina Turner has one of those voices where just don't even try to mock it. You know, God bless you if you have a voice that is sultry, raspy, and, you know, all of the things in the gumbo that is her voice. But if you don't, like, just don't even try. But anyway, this lady, her name is Alexis Reed. Um, She did a cover of Private Dancer, and I want you to get into it. She did a really good job. And I've been listening to this song all week. Now let's get into the show. So friends and kin, I have to start this uh, discussion uh, during this episode off by paying respect uh, to the lives of two black men that we have lost in the past week. First, I want to uh, pay some respect to Dante Wright, who was a 20 year old innocent black man who was pulled over by pulled over and uh, fatally shot, murdered, if you will, and I will, by a white female police officer who happens to be a 26-year veteran on the police force. This police officer, uh, I believe her name is Kim Porter. Or, no, 
God have mercy. She is not Kim Porter. Rest in peace to Kim Porter as well. But I think her name is Kim Potter. Uh, she is saying that she confused her gun with her uh, taser. Can you please tell us what happened? Yes, I said she confused her gun with her taser. Now, how a 26 year police force veteran can confuse her gun with her taser is beyond my realm of understanding. However, we've been down this road before. We know the drill. And if you don't know the drill, God bless your heart. Because if you are black and and living in America and you don't know the drill, you probably want to do some research and learn yourself something because this ain't new. This is a system that has been in place for hundreds of years. Slave catchers were police at one point in American history. And I mean, like I'm just saying, anyway, you know what? Google it, turn on the news, get into it how you will, because at this point, um, I am exhausted with this shit. I am tired of it. I am fed up. Uh, I am disgusted. And at this point, like, I just don't like I don't I'm not even going to. But anyway, rest in uh, peace. I pray for this young man's family. I pray for his uh, girlfriend. I pray for his spirit. I pray for his parents. I pray for his grandparents, his cousins, his siblings. You know, I just, I can't. Anyway, one thing I do have faith in is karmic energy, period. And I have faith in our ancestors. And I don't really want to discuss any of that too much further because, like I said, it literally makes me sick on my stomach. And the really disturbing part for me is that this shit is just commonplace. And the fact that there is no resolve almost ever, if ever, there's like there's never any retribution or vindication. It lets us know that this is just us. This is us. This, And when I say us, I mean America. This is America, like it or not. It is what it is. This is what this country has running through its proverbial veins. And we can pretend that it's not and oh, well, 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 please stop. This is what it is. Anyway, moving forward. Secondly, we have to acknowledge the fact that we lost a prophet in our community. And yes, I did call Earl Simmons, also known as DMX, a prophet. He was definitely a messenger of God's word. I am not necessarily speaking about his lyrics in his songs. OK, but if you've ever heard him speak, um, not rap, but speak. He was always sharing the gospel and sharing his faith and making it so that people could understand it from a real perspective and making it relatable. Uh, he was such a conscious man. He was very aware of his demons and shared his life experiences with us in ways that a lot of people would be embarrassed and ashamed and, uh, just not humble enough to do. And he did it on a regular basis. You know, he was very authentic. And I have a thing for people who show up as their authentic self. Sometimes when you suffer um, with uh, substance abuse, I it is my experience, not as someone who has suffered from um substance abuse, excuse me, but who has come in contact, close contact with people who have, who have suffered or who are suffering with substance abuse. They're either showing up as their full authentic self 
or they are showing up as the complete opposite of their authentic self, right? So um, I just want to, uh, like this one hit a little bit different and, you know, it's really sad. And I don't even know if there was anything that anybody could do, because if you don't know anyone who's ever suffered from substance abuse, like it is literally the kind of thing like people can judge them and say, oh, well, why would they start doing drugs? And I got to be honest, like I understand why they would start doing drugs. But for the life of me, I, I guess I'm the, just the kind of person where I'm like, if I'm watching they take all these other people out, I'm not. You know what? That ain't true because I eat French fries. Yes, I do. And I like the occasional Five Guys uh, burger and I like ice cream. Uh, So when it comes to food, I I drink alcohol. But, I, I, you know, I think the thing is that moderation and excess. You know what? That doesn't even matter. That's not even what I'm talking about. I'm saying that to say I don't really know if there was anything that anyone else could have done because that is really um, a struggle that people have to come to grips with on their own and they have to come to the space where they are ready to attack those demons, confront them head on and get the healing and the help that they need. And sometimes even when they do that, you know, it, it, it's not, I don't want to say it doesn't work or it's not effective, but they still relapse, you know, so God bless his spirit. Um, we lost, uh, a warrior. I recently learned of how he was introduced to drugs and it just made me so sad, um, especially working with children. I'm just praying for his family. And for those of you who have something to say about him having so many children and, you know, him being addicted to drugs and he this and he that, shut the fuck up. Just straight up. And I don't I'm not pulling no cut cards, mainly because that's not what I do. But just just straight up, just shut up, because now is not the time for that. God bless his spirit. God bless his children. Uh, God bless his family and his friends. And God bless his fans that are, are really affected by this loss. You know, God bless the dead. We we lost a real one, as they say. So I want to uh, talk about that's so heavy, but I want to talk about um, being aware of your shadow self or your darker self, your darker side, which some people call them your demons. Um, as I mentioned earlier, when I was talking to DMX and people often associate like um, such a negative connotation with that. But um, you are who you are. You know what I mean? So. When we talk about um, your shadow self or your dark side, being aware of that is just not enough. Being aware doesn't get you to a place of uh, true healing. It won't bring you to a place of peace that is necessary for you to move forward and reach your highest potential. And I say this on this show so often, healing is ugly work. It's hard work. It's the work that you don't look forward to doing until you have had enough. And um, I'll speak a little bit about that later. But with DMX, he acknowledged and I believe that he accepted and wanted to work on healing his dark side and his shadow self and get to the root of it. But addiction is a beast. And it is a beast that unless you are in it or you are really close to it, you don't really get. And it's a beast that comes to destroy 
kill. It, it, it comes to destroy lives and families and relationships, your health and anything else joyous that gets in its way. And so I want to talk about coming to a place wherein you meet, acknowledge and accept your shadow self. And when I say shadow self, I'm talking about the parts of ourselves that we think that society won't approve of or won't understand. And we push those parts of ourselves deep, deep, deep into our subconscious mind. And as black people and well, you know, people of color, period, all across the world in our communities, we are taught That acknowledging and accepting that part of yourself, which is considered dark or shadowy, we're we're taught that it's bad and it should be avoided and hidden at all costs. We in our communities, we are taught to hide so much. You know what I mean? We are taught to hide and suppress and just keep so much stuff away from the light. But the only way to heal the dark is to bring it to the light. But we ain't figured that part out yet. But anyway, that is often closely connected to like spiritual practice and spiritual practices, excuse me, and belief systems. And also we're just faced with so much trauma. We don't really have time to be acknowledging anything bad because something bad is always looming and we're just raised to just push it down, give it to God, give it to the ancestors, give it to this one, give it to that one instead of really just facing the shit head on. You know, and we're just taught to hide too much, suppress too much. And we're not really allowed to. mm, I don't want to say allowed, but we're not really given the space to and shit sometimes allowed as children um, and even as adults, we're not allowed to experience and express our authentic emotions like we're not even allowed to feel and we don't realize that this can cause us an even more grandiose there's that word again I love that word an even more grandiose issue than the fact that the shadow self even exists in the first place so continuing to mash down and tuck away these parts of who we authentically are although we truly believe that we're doing a good thing by hiding them and keeping them away from the light if you will and keeping them away from everyone those things still exist they're still present in our subconscious mind and we will quite often um, have them manifest in our lives taking on some other form or expressing itself in some other way so in my preparation for this episode I, I read this and I really love this quote it says Ultimately, the more we suppress feelings and negative emotions into the subconscious, the greater the power they have over us. Moreover, they can assert themselves in different ways. This could be through mental health issues, chronic illness, anxiety, addiction, and low self-esteem. Come on now. Think about it and think about your own self. Don't think about DMX. Think about you. And how this manifests itself in your life. Because the only way to heal this is to look at you. Reflection is, is, is important. Reflection is a very important part of acknowledgement and acceptance of who you really are. Not who you want people to believe who you are, but who you truly are. For my friends who love astrology, who you want people to believe you are is your rising sign and who you truly are like your innate response to life that dark shadowy side is your moon sign okay my rising is libra my moon is scorpio 
I don't need to say no more because Scorpios is a, is as dark as it gets when you talk about astrology. Anyway, I digress. Shout out to all uh, my friends and kin who like astrology. I love astrology. Anyway, uh, we we did see that happen in DMX's life, Michael Jackson's life, your auntie's life, your mama's life, your daddy's life, hell, your life. So Mimi, what does shadow self, it's hard to say this, shadow self actualization look like? Well, the key is to get to the root. Auntie Ayanla, who I love to quote on this show, Auntie Ayanla Van Zant said, until you hear the... Mm, here. Well, shit, you need to hear and heal them until you heal the wounds of your past. You will continue to bleed out. That's a word. And it's so true. You go to the root of your shadow self and identify the wound. You look at it. You listen to it. You smell it. You touch it. Don't taste it. But if you need to taste it. Okay. And you see it exactly for what it is. We don't sugarcoat it. We don't honey coat it. We don't agave coat it. We don't blame anyone else or guilt anyone or project it onto anyone else. Just own it because it is a part of who you actually are. And this requires a lot of reflection and a lot of self observation, paying very close attention to how your shadow self manifests itself in your life. How does the dark side of who you are show up in your daily movement? And oftentimes when you are doing this work, you may want to be prepared to have, you know me, not a show goes by, but anyway, you want to be prepared to have a professional, aka a therapist or counselor on deck, because this is when the shit hits the fan, friends and kin. And no, I'm not a therapist, nor am I any type of licensed clinician, but you know what I am? Someone who is in the middle who is just in the thick of doing this kind of work. And at one point I thought that, um, you know, I was making a lot of progress and let me not do that to myself because I have made mountains of progress. I have, I have come a long way in the matter of a year and some, a year and two months, but I have so much further to go. I really do. And so if you ever hear people mentioning shadow work, that's what this kind of work is. Shadow work is just healing. It's just looking at the ugly parts of you. I don't even want to call them ugly because that's not positive. It's looking at the darker side of you, the 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 sides of you that you don't necessarily want to sh- wake up in the morning, run outside and share with everybody for fear of being judged, for fear of uh, disappointing people, for fear of uh, becoming embarrassed. And a lot of times that's also associated with your ego, but that's neither here nor there. But that's what shadow work is. And the, the, the title shadow work can be very misleading. However, if you are serious about healing, that won't really matter to you because at some point, like you just get tired, you get sick and tired of the bullshit that you deal with, with your own self. And then it's like, you know what? Let me handle this. Let me handle my scandal. As I said before, it's important to have some professional assistance on deck and know your homegirls and your boyfriend or your girlfriend or, in my opinion, not even your spiritual advisor sometimes is enough for this kind of work. Uh, Not saying that you can't consult other people because you can, but I don't know if it's enough. I think that you can go to them for guidance, but I truly believe that it is of major importance to have a licensed clinician in your corner. 
In other words, friends and kin, you might just need to go ahead and get you some therapy, get you a therapist and let your therapist know what it is on the front end, what you're looking to do. You don't need to call a shadow work if you don't want to. You can just say you want to get to the root of, um, you know, some issues that you have. You may want to say you want to be uh, more aligned with your authentic self. Uh, you want to figure out who your authentic self is. Uh, I want to get to the root of my trauma. You can it, it, you can color it any way you want. But I do think that oftentimes we need some assistance uh, in this game. When it's time to start this work, we have to start looking for the things that set us off and the things that cause us to have like an an innate response of stress, of feeling overwhelmed or anxiousness. Those are the things that we need to look to find those things. If you need to write them down. When you experience them, write them down. It's good to have a journal when you start this work because those things are connected to the root of the issue. And that's half the battle. Identifying the roots of the wound or, you know, the the roots of your shadow self or the darker side of you or whatever you want to call it. Uh, those things, the what are the things, excuse me, that make you emotionally uncomfortable? Those are the roots of your wound and the things that trigger you. And it's smart to keep a journal, like I said, during this time so that you can, this time of healing, excuse me, so that you can have a point of reference to go back to, because who knows what's going to come out during this time. So it's good to write stuff down, uh, to date it. For me as a woman who also has a hormonal uh, condition, uh, it's important for me to journal when I have mood swings because I can align it with uh, my cycle. I can see that this may have something to do with like a health issue versus a shadow self issue or you know what I mean? Like it's important to write things down so that you are not misdiagnosing yourself. You are not giving your your therapist or you know, whoever is assisting you in this journey, false information, not false information, excuse me, um, inaccurate information. You don't want to do that. You want to give them as much detailed and accurate information as possible so that you can uh, accurately identify what uh, these triggers are. And so as I just mentioned, uh, doing this work, you're going to look for your innate response to um, like feeling emotional discomfort. When you start to feel that, you'll start to identify your triggers. And when you do that, you have to understand that you can't dismiss the feelings that are associated with, you know, this shadow self or this other side of you, this authentic you that you don't want everybody to know about. We are not here to do that. We ain't negating our feelings. We are not dismissing our feelings. We're not going to continue to suppress our feelings and hide them because that's kind of what got us here in the first place. And we're trying to move forward. We are here to acknowledge and accept who we are. And we are here to stand in our truth and in our true selves, not in the true you that you want people to believe you are like that. It's just not it's not helpful. You know, it doesn't serve you. And at some point, the jig is going to be up. Somebody is going to know you. You're going to meet somebody like me who meets you and who can read your energy within 10 minutes and like just pick up on your energy with a quickness. 
sometimes it's just better to just show up as who the fuck you are. Excuse my French. Ooh la la, ah wee wee. I say Muhammad Ali, you say Cassius Clay. I say butter, you say parquet. Shout out to my Generation X folks who love hip hop. And shout out to Greg Nice and Smooth B. Anyway, I had the biggest crush on Smooth B. Anyway, anyway, you got to listen. Time out. I digress and I'm going to allow this. Greg Nice and Smooth B. They were a rap group in the 80s, late 80s, early 90s called Nice and Smooth. If you go back and listen to some of their songs and listen to the lyrics, even though their songs were really fun, um, they were fun rap songs. You know, you want to dance to them. When you listen to their lyrics, dudes ain't rapping like that no more. Like they don't. These rappers, I know this is such a segue, but allow me a moment. They don't even have the vocabulary to rap like these dudes. And these aren't even your heavy rappers of the 80s, like your Rakims and your, you know, prolific KRS-1s. I'm talking nice and smooth. They're fun. They're party. It's all about the party. But they, like, these dudes just don't rap like that. They don't even have the the language to rap like that. I digress, my friends. I am so sorry. Now, let me figure out where I was because I just wanted to share that um, with people because somebody on here listened to this show as a hip hop head like me and a hip hop head from the 80s. Who's going to understand what I'm talking about? Excuse me while I, I was about to say, excuse me while I kiss the sky. Excuse me while I figure out where I was before I sidestepped uh, into the hip hop. Again, friends and kin, I digress. As I was saying, we are not here to not stand in our truth. We are here to stand in our truth and acknowledge and accept who we are. And when we do that, other people will, will acknowledge and accept who we are. We are not here for, um, how do I say this? We are not doing this to be accepted by anyone else. This is really about us. You know, and I, I often talk about on this show, uh, it's not about being selfish. You know, my cousin Julia told me something. I don't know where she got it from. She either, she either got it from TV, a TV show, or I don't know where she got it from. But she told me this thing. Oftentimes people basically mistake being selfish with being self-full. Okay. And that's powerful because you have to feel yourself, right? And if feeling myself makes you feel like I'm depriving you, I don't really know what to tell you. Like, I got to take care of me. I cannot give you everything that I have because when you do that, you look up and you realize that you're empty. You're, you're left with nothing. And here you filled somebody else's cup up and you look at your cup and your cup is dry, dry boots. You can't do that. It's not healthy. And so in doing this work, we have to learn how to manage all of the emotions that come along with it and feel them responsibly and in a way that is not harmful nor punitive to ourselves. Because oftentimes in our communities, and I'm talking communities of color, I ain't even just talking black communities today. I'm talking communities of color because I've seen it in so many communities. We, oh my God, we treat ourselves so bad just for feeling. Aside from the fact that other people do it to you, 
case in point, I was talking to my coworker about this. Men are not allowed to feel and to emote and to vent. And when they do, oh, it's so much. Oh, you're a bitch. You're a pussy. You are so many other things that I'm not going to say that's not, you know, but y'all know what it is. We do that to little boys like that's not necessary. You you know, in our communities, specifically in black communities, you're always told to man up. I'm a woman. I don't want to man up. I want to cry. Or he is a man. He doesn't need to man up anymore. He is a human. Allow him to feel. But when we deny ourselves that opportunity to feel those feelings, we put ourselves in a place where it's just a very unhealthy state. And when you deny that this is who you are, when when talking about being your true authentic self, when you deny that that's who you are, you tend to show up in an inauthentic form or as an inauthentic form of who you are. You send the representative versus showing up as your true self. And this is why having a therapist or a counselor is important because you need a professional clinician to share these findings with. It's like research. Consider yourself a scientist, a scientist of self. You want to share this information with someone who can give you healthy coping strategies for dealing with your true self. Because, child, when you find the true self, you got to deal with her or him. Shout out to the, to the men that listen to the show, the uncles. But when you find the true self, when you find the shadow self, then you got to deal with the true self or the shadow self. And this shit is hard work. And while I, you know, I talk about therapy every episode, like that's a theme here. Like, is that my niche or my niche? Is this a mental health show? I don't know. Anyway, I sound like I got it together or I got it down pat. Let me tell you something. Life reminded me last week that I do not. Just recently, like I said, as in last week, I had a really hard time. I watched that damn Tina Turner documentary. And when I say that thing triggered some shit in me that I thought I'd suppressed, mashed down real deep down far in a real dark, small nook and cranny in my spleen. Nope, it was still there and it came back up like spoiled milk. And it took someone that I love so much. I love him so much and really close to me to say to me, are you okay? You seem like you're really, really sad. And it was like, oh shit, I am sad. And then I had to do some quote unquote shadow work. And let me tell you something. I had suppressed that thing so much that I hadn't even realized what was wrong. I went to therapy last week. Like everything was fine. I went in, sat down. I was smiling. I was talking, spent my whole therapy session talking about everybody else except myself. Come on, distraction. Distraction Jenkins. What was I doing? Not wanting to deal with my true shadow self. That's what I was doing. Not being my authentic self in that moment or not even realize that I not even realizing that I was not being my authentic self. That's the heavy part. I ain't even realize it until someone else who knows me said, and this is why it's good to have people who know and care about you and know this is why it's good to be authentic around people because then they can identify, wait a minute, sis, something is up with you. This ain't right. So like I said, it dawned on me, oh shit, something is wrong. So when I go to therapy next time, we gonna be there for a minute because I got to unpack this Tina Turner documentary shit. I have to. 
And so then I had, like I said, I had to do some shadow work. I had to go to the root of what was going on. And because I've been in such intense therapy for over a year, I had the strategies in place and knew how to confront my shadow self and figure out how to move forward. One of the things that I have to do to move forward is I have to bring it up to my therapist like and I have to be honest and see the thing about it is that you have to that ego. You got to put it away because I'm going to have to go to this woman and say, you know what? When I was here last week. I didn't even realize I wasn't being my authentic self. I didn't even realize I was trying to distract myself so that I didn't have to talk about this, but I need to talk about it. You know, that it's, it's heavy work. It's heavy. And if it sounds scary, the shit is scary. But like, what's the alternative? What is the alternative to just live in a state of disingenuineness and inorganic movement all the time? Ain't nobody got time for that. Like straight up, I don't have time for it. It's too much. To me, it's more work to walk around this earth as an inauthentic being than it is to just accept myself for who I am. And this is why it is important, like I said, to have a therapist. If you don't have access to a therapist, see if you have local therapy services that may offer like some kind of free services or a lower fee scale. Not to mention most jobs have the EAP or the Employee Assistance Program. They have EAP and you can have a few sessions, I think six for free 99. So all you need to do is ask your boss or your HR rep about EAP, the Employee Assistance Program. And if your job doesn't have EAP, find some ways that will help you to calm your spirit and clear your head until you can figure it out. Legal ways, friends. I'm not saying to start or continue. I mean, like, I don't care. Do what you want. But uh, because I can't tell you what to do. But just find some healthy ways to help you clear your head and calm your spirit. It could be swimming. It could be if you live near a body of water, it could be going to a body of water and just listening to it. It could be going to the beach and just laying out in the sun if it's close to you. It could be hiking. It could be riding. It could be running. For me, oftentimes it's painting. It's really cathartic for me and I can go to a really laser focused place. It helps me. You got to find your thing and you need to dive deep into it. But don't dive so deep into it that you get lost and you get lost on the journey of of, of getting to the root of, of the trigger. Or getting to the root of the shadow self, but it's those things are helpful. And I'm not going to talk about the Tina Turner documentary today because I'm just not ready because I, I, I ain't cleared it up yet. But one day in the near future, uh, I am. Definitely going to discuss it because it opens some stuff up. And, you know, most of you may be thinking, oh, the the domestic violence piece. No, that wasn't even it. Mm -mm. Because we already knew that. We already knew that stuff about Ike. Not all of it. Oh, he was such a horrible man, but whatever. I'm not giving him any more energy. Uh, It just opened a lot of stuff up. in my subconscious mind that I forgot was there. And listen, that's all I got for you. Uh, I'm in the middle of some healing work outside of my normal quest for healing. And like I said, the next time I go to therapy, I got a lot. We got a lot to talk about. And I am apologizing to my therapist in advance for the next session because it's going down. 
So guys, I hope you um, got something from this conversation. It's just something that was on me. And uh, I just, it was just something that I was thinking about after DMX's death and after seeing that documentary and then experiencing my own little like shake up, like just thinking about how important it is to go to that place and going to that place is, uh, it's, it's, I was going to say it's ucky. It's ucky. It's icky. It's ugly. It's ugly. It's yuck, yuck. But it is essential for your healing. So, you know, you kind of got to walk through the mud to get to the sunshine. I didn't, I didn't even have a good analogy for it or, you know, you got to go through it to get to it, to get through it. If that makes sense. Um, so I hope it was helpful. And uh, let's go ahead and move forward and get into the straight facts question. So, friends and kin, today's question comes from David P. of Albany, New York. And David says, hi, Auntie Mimi. I'm a huge fan and love the show. I value your opinion and wanted your advice on a situation I'm having with my guy. Okay, David, let's see what's up. We have been dating since last October. It wasn't serious until it was. Listen, that's scary, ain't it? That's some scary shit. It wasn't serious until it was. And listen, it gets serious before you realize that it had gotten serious. Anyway, it wasn't serious until it was. We've been spending every day together, even taking trips every day together. Jesus Christ, since October, he mentioned to me that he and his ex planned a cruise in May. I didn't really care too much at the time because it was so new. Fast forward six months later, and I 100 percent do not like it. My question is, should I ask him to cancel it or should I have him make it a double couples trip? David. It's April. Okay. And Auntie Mimi has been on several cruises. I used to organize my family's family reunion cruises. And you do have time to cancel it because you paid a deposit. They he paid a deposit. Um this is you know, it's funny, this this conversation is about shadow self and shadow work. David, this is when you gotta go to your shadow self, babe, and you need to find out, you need to go to your shadow self and you need to ask yourself, self, how do I feel about my man going on a, a cruise with his ex? I don't know about you, David, but I'm gonna go ahead and say this. <coughs> I'm not even in a committed exclusive committed relationship with, with, with a man right now with anybody with a dog, a man, a cat, a television program, a plant app. But I tell you one thing, if I was, and I don't care if it was only six months in, I have a major problem with you going on a cruise with your ex. Personally, I would have brought it up in January. I would have been paying attention, but since we are here, I'm not, I'm not going to dwell in the past because we can't do anything about January because it's April. I'm gonna let him know. I don't like it and I'm not comfortable with it. So you also have to go to your shadow self, David, and ask your shadow self, self, how do I feel about going on a double couples trip with my boo and his ex and the ex's new boo? 
If those are your only two options, for me, I'm going with the couple's trip because you damn sure ain't going uh, without me. Mm -mm. I'm not built like that. It's not okay with my soul. It's not okay with my shadow self. If we being honest with each other and I said, you know, you got to just sit in your truth. If I'm being honest, I'm, it's not okay with my shadow self. No, no, no. We're not doing that. You're not going. So if it has to be a couple's trip, okay, then go. Go on the cruise. Here's the awesome thing about cruises, David. I don't know if you've ever been on one, but cruises are so amazing because the ships are so huge that you can go with a group of people and only see them at dinner. It's so much stuff to do on the cruises. You can get lost on the Lido deck or the top deck. You could uh, go to arts and crafts class. You can go to wine tastings. You can go to shows. There's so many shows, God have mercy. You can go get a tan. You can go to the spa. You can go to the gym. And of course, on the days when it's time to get off the boat and do excursions, you don't have to do what they do. So the double, the the couple trip might be the best um, way to go. And then you probably just need to have a conversation with your boyfriend on the front end. Like, look, I'm not trying to be hanging out with your ex. So let's just establish that right now. And then I think you just go from there. But the common theme, as with most of these questions, is honest communication. And you got to go to the shadow self. You got to go to the dark side that you might be trying to hide. And who knows? Maybe you don't try to hide it. I don't know. But you got to go to that place and be like, what can I handle? And let me be honest about what I can handle. Because see, that's what, what it is. That is a shadow self thing. Being honest with yourself and saying, this is truly what I can handle. Because if X was to happen, this is how I'm going to feel. I don't want to feel that way. So let me let me go straight to it now. Versus saying, you know, it's okay because I don't really have the right to say that. And he can do what he wants. And da -da. No, fuck all that. I don't want you going with the X. I don't like it. It does not make me comfortable. Would you feel comfortable if I went with my ex? Sometimes you got to be careful with that because the other person could say it wouldn't bother me because I trust you. Well, I trust you, too. But no, I don't like it. It doesn't make me feel good. It doesn't. It doesn't bring me joy. So it's not good. So good luck with that, David. Um, and next time, don't wait so long. OK, boo, because ain't nobody got time to be doing that when you pay deposits for your trips and stuff. Come on now. Friends, again, for the We Got to Do Better today, uh, the quote comes from Alice Walker. And the quote uh, just resonates with me because of uh, that documentary, the Tina Turner documentary that I watched. And also, let me say this. I don't I didn't know this. I think I knew like and it was in my the back of my mind. But Katori Hall. I did know this. I did. Katori Hall, who is the writer and the creator of one of my favorite TV shows as of late. P Valley. She created a musical, uh, a Tina. I think it was called Tina, the musical. Katori Hall, who I have actually uh, talked to via Instagram. She's commented on some of my posts. That's me bragging, but it's, it's really not. But it really is. Katori Hall, this is a message to you. I would like 
to see this musical. How do I get to see it, sis? Like, is it recorded? I would like to find it. Of course, after I uh, post this, I'm going to go to Google and see what I can drum up. But I would love to see it. And I would love it if you brought it back on the road. Sheesh. Shout out to Katori Hall, who is a genius uh, for creating P-Valley. That's all. That's all. But anyway, this quote uh, hit me when I saw it because I just thought about Tina Turner and how in so many ways um, this relates to her story in different phases of her life. Um, I'm not going to get into it too much because I am going to do a show about this documentary and about this woman because she's amazing, as I said. But the quote by Alice Walker is the most common way people get. Let me stop. It ain't just about Tina Turner because I can relate to this, too. But because I've done some healing work. I I can feel I feel like I've reclaimed some of it. Anyway, the most common way people give up their power is by thinking they don't have any. Come on, Auntie Alice. Let's say it one more time for y'all. The most common way people give up their power is by thinking they don't have any. Child, Jesus. The most common way people give up their powers by thinking they don't have any. That's it. And just let that sit where it is. <laughs> Friends and kin, I want to start off by thanking God first because it is what I do. God is supreme in my life. You know, in church, if you grew up in black church, you say, uh, first giving honor to God, who's the head of my life. That's it. And, you know, to say that you don't even need to be uh, in a church because that's a universal kind of thing. First, giving honor to God, who is the head of my life. Listen, I ain't got nothing to do with denominations and 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 uh, dogma and and what you believe if you believe in God. Right. So anyway, I want to thank God first, because, as I said, God is supreme in my life and I recognize and appreciate the grace. Listen, especially after this episode, I appreciate the grace that God extends to me every single day of my waking life. I want to thank myself as well, though. I want to thank me today for doing all the work, for doing the hard work, for doing this ugly healing work, because this shit is not fun. Yes, I cursed after talking about God. God knows who I am. I don't have to hide from him. But that's a part of that self, that shadow self work. I'm showing up as my authentic self and my authentic self will say, I love God and I thank God for extending me grace and say shit in the next breath. And God loves me as I am. And I love me as I am. That's shadow. That's shadow. That's shadow self work. Anywho. I want to thank me for for doing uh, this, the hard work, the hard healing work and working and striving really hard to show up as my authentic self as often as possible. I am thankful for my family, my friends, my supporters, and of course, all of my friends and kin out here listening to me. I love y'all. I wish that I could 
really get you guys to understand how much I do. I appreciate you so much. And it's an honor for me to be able to share this time and energy with you, mainly because you listen, because I understand that in life we have options and in life we make choices and you make the choice or you made the choice or you are making the choice to spend your time listening to what I have to say. And if you continue continually, excuse me, listen to what I have to say, a big shout out and a big thank you to you because you ain't got it. And I acknowledge that and recognize it. And I respect and honor the fact that you do. And I cannot wait until the next time that we get to do this again. Now, before you exit out of whatever streaming service you're using to listen to this, I want you to stop what you're doing. And if you haven't already done so, scroll up, go click subscribe or follow if that's an option on the streaming service where you're listening. And now I want you to get on over to Instagram and follow me at hand me my purse underscore podcast. You can also follow me on the Twitter at HMMP underscore podcast and on Facebook, just search hand me my purse podcast. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Pandora, or any other medium that allows you to do so, please take 120 seconds out to review the show and rate the show. Give it a thumbs up if you can. Don't give it a thumbs down. Or if you hate it, give it a thumbs down. Like show up as your authentic self. If you hate it, hate it. It's okay. I'm going to be all right. Please be sure to share. Hand me my purse with your friends, your loved ones, and even people you don't really like. Because the best way for people to find out about this show is by you guys telling them all about it. So tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. And also, if you submit a review of the show, your review may be featured on an upcoming episode. I'm now reading reviews on the show, letting people know what the people have to say about hand me my purse. Here is the review that I'm sharing today. And I quote, bringing truth to wisdom. I love the way Mimi gives the very needed perspective in this world and really exhibiting and leading the way on what black excellence is. End quote. Listen, I don't pay these people to write this. I don't even know the person who wrote this. Listen, who's grateful? Me. Thank you. Thank you so much. So you go ahead and go and go ahead and write a review, please. I would appreciate it. And even if it's a bad review, I'm going to read it anyway. It might make me giggle a little bit anyway. So remember to subscribe and or follow the show that so that you are the first to know when I drop an episode, which is always on the first and the 15th of every month. Follow Hand Me My Purse on social media, rate, review the show, and tell your friends and your kin about the show because sharing is caring. Show notes will always be available at handmemypurse.buzzsprout.com. And I suggest that you get into the habit of reading the show notes because there's a wealth of information there for you. They have all of the links that I talk about on the show. And just so you know, the opening and closing music for this show has been provided by Gloomy Tunes, which is a local music producer here in Baltimore. Some continue to submit your questions for the straight facts segment, as well as photos, stories, and quotes about your aunties to hello at handmemypurse.com or just send me a DM on Instagram. Also, you can expect a brand new episode of Hand Me My Purse, the podcast on the 1st and 15th of every single month. So the same way you expected those checks on the 1st and the 15th, Early in the morning, you already know your girl is going to have you covered 
on those days, again, the 1st and 15th of every month on your podcast streaming services such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. These are for my international friends and kin and anywhere else you may even think that you can find it. Or you can just go straight to my Buzzsprout website and find it there. I look forward to you looking forward to listening. And I'm out this bitch. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.